Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 103 of the Keep Rock Alive podcast, the almost out of quarantine edition of the podcast. Well, for you all, I'm I'm an essential worker, so I've been working this entire time. But for all of you, the almost out of quarantine episode. Uh, let's start off this week. Um, this isn't really rock related, but I just wanted to bring up a fun fact. Streams of NWA's Fuck the Police are up 272% for some odd reason this week. Don't know why. Uh, but you know, um, I'll always be able to maneuver it somehow back to rock. And I'm recording today on June 7th, so uh, protests and riots are currently happening, well, really all over the world. But in the States, it's getting pretty tense. Uh, New York City is in complete chaos right now. And they're under a curfew that's not really working either. Uh, And the other night, uh, protesters trolled the cops by stealing a police radio and playing Judas Priest breaking the law over and over on all the NYPD frequencies. So I love that. You had to add a little bit of uh, rock to that. And in other cities like Chicago, police radio has got hijacked and played everything from Fuck the Police to Chocolate Rain to this one that really made me laugh. Here, I'm going to play it. That one's my favorite one. There's other ones like um, in Chicago. Oh, um, the Chocolate Rain one's kind of, it's funny, but it's kind of hard to hear. So I won't, I won't play that shitty one, but uh, shitty quality one. But yeah, I, I just appreciate that good troll job. Like you're not hurting anybody. You're just making them listen to rock and roll McDonald's. All right. And who the fuck thought up that song? Like seriously, I love it. All right, this next story, just it just hurts my heart. Over in Denmark, 2020 was supposed to be the 10th anniversary of Copenhagen, the metal festival. The lineup was going to have um, uh, the just-mentioned Judas Priest, Merciful Fate, Corn Disturbed, and a bunch of other ones. So a pretty big festival, but of course it got canceled because, you know, the Rona. Uh, but the site of the festival has, has been taken over by... Ugh, Evangelical Christians, the worst, uh, to hold a drive-in services. And if that's not bad enough, since Copenhagen should have been taking place on this site, the pastor has renamed the site Copenhagen. Ugh. Ugh. On the stage where there should have been blaring metal music, there is now going to be a choir and a backing band using a wall of speakers, only fitting for a giant music festival. And people bring their own wine and bread, and instead of saying amen, everybody honks their horns. Ugh. It's just so douchey. And listen to this bullshit. This is the worst. The pastor admits, we try to have fun with it. Between hymns last Sunday, I yelled out, who let the cars out? And everybody honked. 
We say, if you want to get baptized, put your windshield washers on. And if you want to turn, turn to God, turn your blinkers on. Ugh. It's just, it's just the worst. There should be Copenhagen. I, I hate Copenhagen with a passion. But at least with drive-through services, the kids are locked in vehicles away from the priests. I guess that's kind of the one benefit of those whole drive-in services. Uh, but speaking of the whole Copen, Copenhagen, Copenhagen thing, we should be at the time of the year where we're in U- uh, European music festival season. But of course, it's not happening. But usually this kind of time of year, especially June 4th, 5th, and 6th, that's the uh, anniversary of when I went to Europe for the big music festival, Rockheim Park. And usually this time of year, every year, well, I guess the past three years since I've went, this is the fourth anniversary, but every early June, I just get that something's something's not right in my life. I should be in Europe with 75 to 100,000 rockers and metalheads in a big field being being rained on. So this year it's, it's not as bad since, well, can't really travel anyways, but it, uh, it just brings you back, especially all like the Facebook memories and all that stuff where you're just like, God damn, four years ago, I was watching black Sabbath or red hot chili peppers and all those. And it just brings back all those memories. So that's why I just need this whole dumb COVID thing to stop (laughs) by at least by next summer. I, not like I'm going to be going to Europe next summer, but I will be getting back there eventually. I have my list of uh, European music festivals that I do have to go to. Of course, walking. Walking is whacking, walking is number one on the list. That's kind of that bucket list item that I just have to go to at some point. And then there's it pretty much always goes by like um, the lineup. That's pretty much once I'll have enough money and time off from work to take a few weeks off to go to Europe for another festival. It'll all depend on the lineup, but walking, I definitely have to go to, I'll definitely go back to rock and ring or rock and park since that is, it's consistently the best festival every year, but that all depends. It'll, it'll, um, helped kind of that, um, you plan to travel around the festival. So if there can be a good festival in Amsterdam or, Pretty much all the Germany ones. <laughs> but um, on the other side of the ocean, back on this side, an update of what should have been the biggest summer tour of 2020. The big Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett tour has finally been postponed to the summer of 2021. And the tour is supposed to kick off June 18th, so less than two weeks, and they finally did it. So I can only imagine what the crew, what... Everybody kind of sitting there waiting. Like, we all knew that there's no way in hell you're going to have a stadium tour this summer. So, and it seemed like most other concerts have been, like, officially canceled. And and I know most of it's always for insurance purposes and all that. But it did seem odd that they waited this long to finally postpone it. But uh, the tour in general has already grossed over $130 million dollars. From a million tickets sold plus another five million worth of VIP tickets sold. So, ooh, it's going to be a success. And like I say, I make fun of it. I'm not really a Def Leppard or a Poison fan. And Motley Crue are pretty cheesy. But 
I'd for sure go to the go to the tour if they ever came back here. So you never know. Vince might need extra money next by this time next summer. Those like he's got a whole another year ahead of him to make drunken cameos, but he might uh he might drink a little too much wine this past year and need to expand that tour up to Canada. So we can only hope. Uh so twenty twenty one, just as and that's kind of that other something else I've really thought about. Every single band that was supposed to be touring has postponed it to next year. So, one, there's going to be this huge rush in this upcoming fall where all these bands are starting to go again. And something that you don't think about, tour buses, um, crew members, just pretty much just all the production that goes into concerts might be kind of backlogged, be missing a whole bunch of experienced people. It might be a bit of a clusterfuck to get going again, but... You never know. I'm 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 not going to say anything bad about concerts happening again, but you just have to it makes me wonder with all these bands just postponing and all that like how many will actually happen? How many will fuck how many bands will break up by then? So, it's hard to say. We'll we'll see what happens and ugh, let's just hope this all ends just so we get concerts again. I don't know how much longer I can go without concerts. So I'm already starting to crack. All right. So next up, speaking of a band I just saw this past year, Ghost. What happens when you start up a company, name it after one of the most well-known words really ever, and then a band comes a few years later and decides to use the same name? Well, in this case, a British company started in June 2015, started selling Ghost Vodka. They made it five years without any problems until recently. Ghost Vodka had to put out a statement claiming that they're being sued by the band, Ghost. And the biggest issue, they're being summoned to appear in a Stockholm uh, courtroom um, for a court date this upcoming, or at the end of June, which will be an issue since all the travel bans are currently happening in Europe. So they, they're kind of put over a barrel with no um, no way to defend themselves. Um, being kind of summoned to Stockholm. So everyone just assumed that it was a case of confusion or over, overzealous lawyers, because you hear about that ever so often, about um, the bands don't even know it, but the company lawyers are just going after everybody with, like a perfect example, uh, Metallica tribute band had um, a cease and desist lawyer a few years ago, or sorry, a cease and desist letter not lawyer, uh, a few years back. And then once the band heard about it, they're like, no, absolutely not. And kind of got the lawyers off it. But this wasn't the case. Uh, the band's lawyers put out a statement pretty much saying that they own the trademark throughout Europe for ghost alcohols, not including beer. So they should change that. Uh, they got this trademark because the band launched its own ghost gin a few years ago, but really nothing else. So, The company claims that they were approached by the band's management back in 2016 about doing a collaboration, but decided not to pursue it. They put out uh, kind of their own fuck you statement as well. We believe Tobias Fugay needs the money, having recently settled another case out of court. Having observed us since 2016, he now see he now feels that we might have the funds available to provide him with a decent-sized settlement. 
Until the end of last year, we had never heard of Tobias. Having looked into his background, this is entirely within character. If he can screw over his own bandmates, he will have no qualms about coming in to a small independent business. With respect to his, his success, we can understand how hard he has worked to get where he is. However, there is no excuse for this kind of shitty behavior on his part. Ooh, and that is absolutely shitty. Like, I understand if you're selling ghost vodka or whatever, but at the same time, it's fucking ghost. Have you been not using that word since? Like, who really owns the trademark? Oh, fuck. I'm just going to shut up there. Ghost owns the trademark for ghost alcohols throughout Europe. So I guess I can't argue who owns ghost because they clearly do. And we won't get into the whole bullshit of the whole trademark infringement. That could be. Can you imagine how many episodes I could do about trademarks and um, in the whole rock world? But Ghost kind of timed it out perfectly with what's going on in the whole in the whole world right now. He, they kind of did their their whole tour cycle, did a big giant tour, and ended it. Well, I think I remember reporting a couple months ago where the Mexico's first person to die from COVID was was caught at Ghost's final tour, or sorry, um, final final tour stop in Mexico City. But uh, they're pretty much taking the entire year in 2021 off to record a new album. So if that's not perfect timing for a band. All right. So next up, uh, there's always been a certain rumor going around, but it's finally been confirmed. Andrew Bennett, who put out the new book called Eruption in the Canyon, 220 Days and Nights with the Genius of Eddie Van Halen. Back when Limp Biscuit were still popular, uh, guitarist Wes Borland left, and one of the people who tried out for the replacement spot, Eddie Van Halen? The story goes Fred Durst met Eddie at an industry event and somehow convinced him to come try out. Eddie agreed to a jam session which took place in a Beverly Hills home, and Eddie spoke of the jam session as like being a scholar amongst kindergartners. He left very abruptly when somebody broke out some weed, and so he stormed out and left his equipment behind. So clearly Eddie was going through one of his sober phases during this period, because everything, all the other stories you hear about him, Eddie wouldn't be offended by just weed. So the next day he reached out to Fred Durst about retrieving his equipment and got no reply, and Eddie really wasn't happy about that. Here's a quote from the book about the, what happened next. Eddie once bought an assault vehicle from a military auction. He has a shine gun to mount on the back and is really not illegal. Eddie drove that assault vehicle through L.A. into Beverly Hills and parked it, left it running on the front lawn of the Limp Bizkit house. He got out wearing no shirt, his hair in a samurai bun on top of his head, his... Uh, jeans held up with a strand of rope and combat boots held together by duct tape. And he had a gun in his hand. That asshole opened the door. I put my gun to his stupid fucking red hat of his. I said, where's my shit, motherfucker? That's when the fucking guy just turned on to one of his employees and starts yelling at him to grab my shit. Eddie Van Halen stood on the front lawn of the residential home in Beverly Hills in broad daylight, smoking a cigarette while holding a gun on Fred Durst as he went back and forth from the home, 
um, to the assault vehicle, lugging amps and guitars. Oh, how perfect is that? That's just a story that makes everybody happy. And I do find it kind of funny that um, you think when you think back on the Limp Bizkit timeline, when Wes left, everybody kind of was starting to get over the band. Everyone was realizing they were kind of cheesy and kind of over them. So Eddie Van Halen agreeing to go and jam with them at that point is pretty impressive. But I absolutely love that story. All right. Uh, next up, I always love to find out um, kind of how rockers' money and assets gets divided up when they die. So this week's edition, David Bowie. He died after a battle with cancer in 2016, just days after his birthday and releasing a new album. And he died with almost $100 million in the bank. So it's now been made public with what's um, he's left to who. The majority was to be divided between his wife and his two children, Duncan and Alexandra. They're all going to receive 25% each, and all his properties are going to be going to his wife. So fun fact, Duncan was actually named Zoe Bowie at birth, but... I'm guessing after getting off Coke, Duncan probably seemed like a much better name. I don't know. Zoe Bowie would be a pretty awesome name. Uh, his life, um, lifelong assistant, sorry, longtime assistant, <laughs> uh, Kareen Schwab has been left around $2 million, and his friend Maureen Schenke? Schenke. <laughs> who is also nanny to Duncan, received about a million bucks, so... Pretty pretty generous. Um, there was some certain stipulations in his will. The only one was made public is that he didn't want a funeral. Um, and he wanted those to close to him to scatter his ashes in Bali as part of an intimate Buddhist ceremony. So, And that makes sense. There really wasn't any memorials or any sort of funerals after he died. So I like hearing those stories and finding out what happened behind the scenes there. All right, next up, if you've been following SpaceX, you'll already know kind of what's more metal than a rocket flying through the air going almost 30,000 kilometers per hour. Well, listening to ACDC's Back in Black right before you take off. Uh, They just announced kind of right before they went to, like on their way to the rockets, they had a playlist ready for the pre-launch playlist. So the other two songs on it, the Blues Brothers version of the girl from Ipatinima, Ipatinima, I believe, and the Star Spangled Banner performed by the French horn section of the U.S. Army Band, which any other time you would think, oh, of course, they're going to listen to the fucking national anthem. Like, what's more American than that? But this is SpaceX. This isn't just NASA. So I'm very glad they went with Back in Black because the world needs more rock. Like, what can think of a better song for right before well you're walking to that rocket and that's not it the following morning before docking with the international space station they were woken up with black sabbath's plant or planet caravan so another metal moment in space which i love all right we've reached the end this week and uh there's no aussie news he's been a quiet week for him this week but we have the next best thing Sharon Osborne news. Uh, this next story made me laugh, so I thought I'd include it. Uh, it just came to light about an unpaid bet from 1999. 
It all happened on the um, Howard Stern show, and it was between Sharon Osbourne and the insane clown posse. Whoop, whoop. Fucking losers. Uh, well, on the Stern show, Sharon bet the band that their next album wouldn't sell 200,000 copies, and they would be dropped by their label. Well, unfortunately for all of us, that didn't happen. They sold 500,000 copies of the album, and it went gold. So during an interview recently with Loudwire, the band was asked if she ever did pay. Nope. She lost... Here, here's their exact quote. She lost, she lost that bet super hard. That record went gold. She, without question, owes us that money. We said, you ain't gonna pay us. Just pay it to a charity in our name. Because if it would've went the other way, I bet you they would've been calling us saying that when are we going to pay? Haggy too dope added. What do you expect from somebody who's a liar anyhow? Ooh. <laughs> Fuck these douches. I'm still Sher- team Sharon. She's a complete like bitch to them. She didn't pay on her bets. And I'm still supporting her. Like, what's that show you? Insane Clown Posse finished it up with, I'm sure when Sharon sees this story, she'll laugh it off. She's not losing any sleep over this one. Although the true loser is the charity that she would have given that $50,000 to. Fuck off. I, I'm i not even... I don't even know. I'm not even going to research it. But I bet Sharon and Ozzy give money to a lot of charities. So, And I'm just so insane clown posse. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but if you ever watch that, anything about their juggalo conventions, the gathering of the juggalos, there's a 20-minute documentary on YouTube... Watch that, and if you still support these guys, oh. <laughs> all right, that is it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening, and um, what's what episode 103? That's it. Thanks for listening to 103. Ugh, fuck, I can't talk this week. Episode 103 of the podcast. <laughs>